Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another session of Morning Mindfulness with Rabbi G. Um, and today what I want to do is continue on the theme we started last week, but add a very important component to it. So, last week we talked about the deeper meaning of being present and paying attention to any moment or any experience. And we explained what it means to be present without any judgment. So that, for example, just to recap, when we go into a meeting or we're interacting with people, we are in any sort of experience that we're experiencing. And often what happens is we might be fully present, we might be coming into it uh, with full focus and trying to be in the moment, but we come with prejudgment, so we don't give the moment the fullest opportunity. So just to give an example, we might come into a meeting, be fully attentive, but we've kind of prejudged the people. We prejudge what people, how people are going to react. We prejudged how, we, how efficient or how um, productive that session is going to be, which means that we're not really in the moment fully because we're coming with some level of past baggage or past judgment. So therefore, we talked about the idea of, of the freshness of every moment, the freshness of the world, the divine recreation of every moment in the world, so every moment is always fresh. So when we come into it, we leave behind the, precon- the preconceived notions, the preconceived ideas, perspectives, and judgments, and we give it a clean slate. And this is amazing in terms of relationships, because you know we might have previous interactions with that person, but we're able to come with a certain freshness, and the person's a new person, and we give it a full chance, and so on and so forth. So, that's all true, but there's another aspect to it, that is the following. That mindful living and being present also means that besides paying attention to the details of that moment, as we talked about two weeks ago, taking it slow and focusing and really paying attention to each nuance and detail of any moment or surrounding or experience so that we learn the new opportunities, the freshness of opportunities um, and the potential of that experience. Besides all of that, it also means paying attention to ourselves. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. Being self-aware, which is part of why often mindful exercises have to do with breathing because it starts with the ability to have the awareness of feeling our breath and paying attention to the fact that we are breathing, the rhythm of the, of the breath and feeling each moment and feeling each inhalation and exhalation and so on and so forth. But being self-aware is much deeper than that. And in fact, being self-aware can be tricky. And the reason it can be tricky is because we need to before we can understand why it's important to pay attention to ourselves, we need to understand what self actually means, something we've talked about before, but very important in this context. When we talk about self, we're not one thing. Ourselves, us, our soul, actually have two forces. As we know from Kabbalistic writings and Hasidic writings from a Jewish perspective, We each have an animal soul and a godly soul. So the animal soul is that drive within us for self-preservation, evolving somewhat into egocentricity. The drive to preserve and to do what is beneficial for ourselves, what is beneficial for our own pleasure, 
what is for us, what is what is beneficial for our needs and desires or pleasure once at the moment without any consideration for what might happen as a consequence, what might how it might affect other people. And it's a drive which doesn't necessarily inspire us or drive the process of looking for meaning and purpose, but rather looking for self. And being impulsive and feeling the weight of temptation and indulgence and so on and so forth. That is the animal soul within us. Very subjective, very much a very much a um, ego-driven force, essentially. But we also know that deeper than that, deeper than that, we have a soul, a godly soul. That godly soul is the opposite. It's divine energy. It's pure, selfless. And the basis and the drive for man's need or seeking of meaning similar to the writings of Viktor Frankl, that within every person there's a spark that drives a person to search for meaning and that is an innate desire of the human being. To live, a pipe, to live a life of purpose, of meaning, which includes going beyond oneself. It includes giving to others. It includes making space for others. It includes um, finding the pathway and the means to be more godly because going out of ourselves means also going out totally of ourselves and connecting with, not just with other people, but with something higher, God in other words. Right? So that's the Nefesh Elakit, that's the godly soul. Now, you know, this is why, it, and there's a continuous inner struggle. And this is the struggle of the human being. Who do we listen to? Normally what happens is, the animal soul is stronger in a sense that it comes on faster the reason for that is because the animal soul is, Kabbalistically, we are told, is predominantly like an animal. It's impulsive. It's an emotional soul. It responds with immediacy. It responds to stimulus from an emotional perspective. It's an emotional reaction. And therefore, that often initial, that initial response that we have within us is coming from not from a selfless place but often from a selfish place whereas the godly soul is predominantly intellectual has the ability to think has the ability to be objective has the ability to go beyond the immediate moment has the ability to understand the choices and the consequences of the choices and understand what is good for me long term what is more meaningful and more purposeful the often the struggle we have is that the animals the godly soul takes longer to kick in than the animal soul does because emotions work a lot faster than intellect. Right? Much faster. That's why in Stephen Covey, based a lot on Viktor Frankl, just to use a, a more contemporary sort of source, talks about that between stimulus and response there need to be a pause because that pause gives room and gives space for the soul to kick in, for the intellect to kick in. Intellect works slower. So there's a lot going on within ourselves. There's a lot going on. I say that because it's important to understand what it means to be self-aware, and I'm going to get to that, paying attention to ourselves, what that means in a moment. Right? But, you know, people often say you've got to trust your inner voice. 
trust your gut, trust your instinct. I'm very weary of that advice. I never tell people that. Whereas sometimes, you know, the instincts that we have are good, particularly when they're sort of parental instincts or motherly instincts, fatherly instincts, whatever the case might be. But trusting one's instincts is not safe at all, spiritually speaking particularly. Because what does it mean my instincts or my voice, my inner voice? Or even today people talk about my truth. What does that mean? Where's that coming from? So the inner voice or the inner instinct not always comes to the right place. Sometimes it's coming from, driven by the animal soul, which is driven by ego. Our own, and we all have an ego. When I say ego, I don't mean a full-blown, huge, bloated ego. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a sense of self in a negative way. Self-preservation at the exclusion of others and other things. So part of self-awareness is to also know that some of the feelings that we have, that some of, the, some of the responses that we have, which we often try to rationalize and we often try to explain, are really based in ego and we just need to be aware of it. Now, we all have an ego and that's fine. And it's very difficult to overcome that ego sometimes, but what we re- at least should be is we should at least be aware. And therefore, sometimes when we come into a situation with negative response, or we come into a situation of a, into, involving other people and we come out we come into, into that moment sort of combatant and wanting to fight or wanting to embarrass someone else or insult someone else or, or control someone else and so on and so forth, we need to be aware where that's coming from. And if we know that it's coming from the animal soul, then we need to be able to do something about it. At least, at least even if we don't stop feeling that way, but at least not to act on it. But at the same time, being self-aware also means, and this is perhaps more important, being aware of the soul. In other words... Being fully in a moment and being and taking the maximum potential out of any given experience or moment requires us to know our true self-worth, requires us, our, requires us to know our true self-infinity, actually. Meaning, awareness of the soul. Awareness that we each possess a soul, a soul that has multiple layers, but as we've spoken about many times, a soul which at its very core is pure, always pure, has not been damaged, has infinite potential because it's godly, has the ability for us to seek meaning in a great way, has the ability for us to seek meaning even if it means doing something that's difficult for us or doing something that seems contrary to our normal personality disposition. And that's part of the soul gives us that ability because it's godly and therefore it's infinite and transcends limitations and biases and personality dispositions to one way or another. In other words, when we become aware of the soul, we become aware of our greatness, but also of our responsibility. Not just to say, I hear this, I'm in this moment, but there's so many difficulties and challenges, I cannot really accomplish much in this experience. I'm trying to focus, I'm trying to be present, I'm trying to listen to other people, I'm trying to give it a fresh start, but I don't have the ability. I don't have the ability to make this work. I don't have the ability to make this moment amazing, purposeful, meaningful, great. But when we become, we pay attention not just to what's around us, but we pay attention to ourselves, realizing that we are, our core identity is our soul. A core identity is the ability to be selfless rather than selfish, 
to look for meaning rather than to be empty, to make space for others rather than being self-absorbed. Even if it's hard, but we have that strength to do it coming from the soul, then how much greater potential can we get out of that day, out of that moment, out of that experience? So we wake up in the morning. In, Ju- in Judaism, as we know, and we've spoken about so many times, that it's a real mindful exercise. In Judaism, we wake up in the morning, the first thing is becoming aware of our soul. We thank God that you've given back our soul this day completely fresh and pure. And therefore, we have a great day ahead of us. Therefore, with all the challenges and all the ups and downs, we have the ability to be aware of our strength coming from the soul and making the day so much deeper, so much more meaningful, so much more possible to overcome challenges, and so on. So let's stop and think about that for a moment. And let's do that very mindfully because it's a very powerful idea that paying attention at every given moment means paying attention to our own ability the soulness within ourselves. So when you're ready, just sit in a relaxed sort of way or lie down or stand. If you're able to gently close your eyes and just begin a process of awareness. Pay, turn our attention to our breathing just for a few moments, breathing in and out, trying to really be conscious and aware of feeling every breath, feeling every inhalation and every exhalation. Remembering that every breath we take, being aware of our breath means also being aware of our soul. Neshima breath is an expression of a neshama, our soul. In every moment, feeling the rhythm of our breathing, every new breath is an expression of the purity, the infinity the pristineness of our soul. Let's become more aware of the soul that is in us, multi-layered, layer of functionality, layer of emotion, layer of cognition, the consciousness of the soul. Stay, stay with your attention on your breathing, remembering every breath is an expression of our soul. Take a little bit deeper, go beyond the consciousness. The fourth layer of the soul is the subconscious. Convictions, desires, working in the background, strong and powerful. And then there's the core essence of our soul, the spark of godliness the purity at the core of our existence, the godly energy which contains infinity, 
I thank you God for returning my soul. I am aware of my soul on all its layers. I am aware of the purity at the core essence of the soul. I am aware of the infinite potential of the soul. I can overcome inner challenges. I can give each moment tremendous meaning and purpose because I have the purity of my soul. So as we go through the day, come back to here, this is so important to every time we feel a bit frazzled or we get distracted. Every time we try to be present but we are distracted or we have challenges or we're not in the mood or we have judgments or, or negativity, let's just stop and breathe, think about how each breath expresses the neshama and tap into the infinity and potential of your soul throughout the day. So on that note, wish everyone a good day and a meaningful day.